20. Improving the Morals of the Past The imaginary Indian of many Americans is thinking is an environmentalist, a natural philosopher, and a worshipper of the, quote, great spirit, unquote. All of this is nonsense. I remember, in the 1940s, seeing some younger Indians spouting these ideas, cruelly mocked as fools by their elders. But well before that time, more than a few people were, quote, writing down, unquote, the tales of elderly Indians and making them sound like superb environmentalists and gentle souls. Many white champions of the Indian will speak in detail of the white man's sins against the Indians, that is, the crimes of his ancestors. People who are prone to confessing the sins of their forebears rather than their own are consummate Pharisees and hypocrites. Too much is written of the Indian white wars. They are not as prevalent as is commonly assumed. Far more common it was warfare among tribes, and the white man's help was frequently sought by one side or another. The United States government is also commonly damned for its treatment of the Indians, and a long trail of broken treaties recounted. Washington normally wanted to keep the treaties it made. Its problem was that tens of thousands of white men, adventurous trappers, lawless miners, and others, paid no attention to the treaties, and the voting public would demand action against, not for, the Indians. In many cases, Washington's morality was better than that of the media and the vocal citizenry. In the battles that followed, too often Indian tribes lined up with Washington's military forces against a hated tribe. Most of the Indians merged into the white population. For an Indian girl, a white man was a, quote, good catch, unquote, a, quote, rich, unquote, husband, and a better life. In California, where the gold rush created a shortage of women, Indian girls rapidly became the mothers of the future Californian aristocracy. Those Indians who did not merge with the general population, but remained on the reservation, were often of mixed blood. I was darker than some of the Indians on my reservation, and I was mistaken as having mixed heritage. There were Indians with American, French, English, Chinese, and other strains in them. There was no lack of brutality, in peace and in war, by whites and Indians against one another. But there were also, from the beginning, acts of kindness, help, and friendships. But these are ignored because the concern of many is with the oppression of the Indians. Once, when I cited an instance of the helpfulness of some Indians to whites, my remarks were dismissed and I was told that such Indians were fools and renegades. Too many people want a cheap virtue by condemning the sins of men of the past or of their own ancestors. I recall in Bristol, England, in 1987, meeting a young man who paraded his sensitive soul and conscience by damning an ancestor who had been a slave trader. He had no personal sins to confess, apparently. This kind of mental exercise has become very commonplace, a mark of moral degeneracy. Men have enough sin to confess and enough to do to mend their own ways without going into the past. No age advances by, quote, improving, unquote, the morals of the past and long-dead men, but only by mending its own ways. The Indian has been badly used by many so-called friends who advance an agenda by falsifying history. Such people are no friends to the Indians. The Chinese and the Japanese have suffered as much as the Indians in America, and perhaps more, without sparking a similar cultic interest. Blacks have had a public concern similar to that focused on the Indians, as they are a fashion in advocacy. We should remember that many settlers, quote, nesters, unquote, were very badly treated also. The West was a harsh place, even when peaceful. And before that, in many areas of the West, good roads did not exist until after World War II. I recall vividly the tales told of the hard and killing winter of 1886 to 1887, when great herds of cattle were lost, but many winters before and after were severe. The United States has a problem. It's diverse population. 
Historically, community has meant a common language and nationality and proximity, so that people 25 miles away can be treated as foreigners and distrusted. But in the U.S., all kinds of nationalities and races have been thrown together. My family, Armenian immigrants, settled in 1916 in a small California farming area. I recall incidents of nighttime vandalism and broken windows and of aggression against me at school. There were also acts of kindness from churches and many neighbors. Such stories have never been one-sided for any group. Today, our family includes, by marriage, several nationalities. It is false history to give only a negative view of America's treatment of minorities. Man is a sinner. There is no perfection in this life. We do ourselves and others no good by stressing victimhood. Many good families have trouble living together in peace. Is it any wonder that they resent or dislike people who are alien to them? Men are not sinless. Conflicts are commonplace. But it does not help our future to accentuate evils and conflicts instead of working for peace and goodwill. There is no virtue in confessing our ancestors' sins when we are so wanting in grace and mercy day by day. We have become a coarse people, wanting in many areas, but adept at confessing sins committed by our ancestors and other people.